Hi and welcome to the Sacred You podcast where we create sacred community together. My name is Rachel Goodwin and I'm a channel, healer, author and spiritual teacher who loves to empower you on your spiritual path. If you're ready to up-level, come over to my website rachelgoodwin.dk and come and browse through all of my offerings with Sarah the Magdalene's daughter and the lineage of the Blue Rose. Welcome, welcome. Wonderful episode for you today. The third one with my dear friend, Kieran Morgan, who is telling us about the wood dragons. And in 2024, we have the Chinese year of the wood dragons. And Kieran is not only explaining to us how that energy filtering through the year can affect us in some rather lovely ways but he also gives us a beautiful meditation towards the end of the episode so we can really connect with that wood dragon energy enjoy today lots of love to you all blessed be welcome everyone to the first episode of 2024 of sacred you time has just disappeared so fast this year and then I was thinking oh, I really want to talk to Kieran be really nice to talk to Kieran about some dragons and so I wrote to Kieran and Kieran wrote back to me and said it's the year of the dragon so here we are welcome Kieran hello yeah it is the year of the dragon the year of the wood dragon specifically yeah what does that mean well, um, the Year of the Dragon is, is very auspicious in the Chinese calendar, so it's very positive, lots of good things opportune, uh, things to happen. Um, but also, it's, it's, it, um, wood dragon, uh, well, dragons in general are quite yang energy, so it's quite dynamic, getting things good done. And um, when we do things in our world, when we try to manifest things, we can manifest things, which is what I normally do, which is more of a feminine energy, by creating the space for something to happen. So back in my previous um, working incarnation, when I worked in the theatre building stage sets, I would create the space for things mm. to happen, create the space for the magic to happen. Masculine energy is more dynamic. So it's about, you know, picking the phone up and getting things done sort of thing, which hasn't necessarily been my bag. Um, and it, it, it drives my wife a bit nuts the when I say, oh, well, oh, we need to do this. And I go, okay, well, just, you know, create the space and it'll happen. 
And she was like, no, no, she has to, you know, because her, her energy is much more dynamic normally. Yeah, you know, she's like, right, we got to make, we got to make it happen. It's got to. Um, so, you know, this dynamism of, of energy doesn't depend on our gender or our gender identity. It's got nothing to do with that. It's about how we work energetically. So I'm a big, lumpy, beardy, Viking-looking man, but my energy is about creating space. But what I found this year and coming up, leading up into this year, because for me, the energy of the new year starts in Sawain because I follow the old ways, the old calendar. So from the 31st of October, the new energy starts to move in. And then the 1st of January, it really kicks in. And then in the lunar new year, it's the 10th of February. And um, it's, it is about dynamic action. So I found myself doing more. So, you know, getting in touch with people and saying, can I be on this and can I do that? And how about doing a podcast? And you're going, yeah, I was just about to give you a message. Uh, it, it all happens. And what I found is it's been much more dynamic in things happening. So the other thing with Wood Dragon is it's about businesses, especially, and our manifestation of that work, especially for those of us self-employed, about driving our own businesses forward. It's a, it's a good time to do that. The only caveat is with the yang energy, with the masculine energy of a dragon, especially with the fire and the transformative nature of fire, is that things can get a bit out of hand. So we can get too far on this riding a wave of getting stuff done and just end up doing too much or getting too much in people's faces or just annoying people and generally rubbing people up the wrong way. So the really lovely thing about the wood energy is about it just letting us and helping us to just focus in and be dynamic but gentle if that makes sense so it's more of a if, if it was a, a, a sort of a, an olympic event it would be um, uh, a ten thousand meters or a marathon rather than a sprint sprints are very dynamic get things done very quickly very explosive but this is a more of a controlled and constant movement forwards if that makes sense Mm, that's interesting so that energy of the woods what's the wood energy well it's one of the um the, the, the sacred elements in um in the chinese belief system and wood is yeah it is that idea of the green and the forest and living things um so it's 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 um soft and gentle so trees don't grow instantaneously you know uh, they take a long time to grow but they also grow in a direction which suits the conditions and suits the environment in which they're in so again with that energy it's about growing and moving seeing opportunities and with things that grow it's about sunlight and moisture and and that type of thing so if we see a gap to be filled then we can move quickly they do move quickly to fill that gap and to get that um that nutrients and the lovely sunlight and for us that will be that opportunity the inspiration and in our world obviously the money that goes but potentially goes with it the opportunities to help people is fantastic we do live in a world where we need to to eat and buy food to eat so be able to get those opportunities and then sort of monetize them is a good thing not necessarily uh, everyone's way forwards you know we're not um commercial giants but we are people that like to have that kind of exchange and that kind of thing so it's more opportunities in that way um the wood dragon is also about and this is a phrase that really I really love in some of the information I've picked up. It says the wood dragon is quietly confident and does things with order and meticulousness. And I'm somebody that is more of a chaos person. When I used to build stage sets, my work environment and has always been a big explosion of stuff everywhere. 
But within that explosion of stuff everywhere, and people would always take the mickey out of me, saying, it's just because I had the biggest office in the school, the entire theatre space, even their master didn't have that much environment to keep clean and tidy. But within that, there is meticulousness. There is that attention to detail. Because you have the minutiae of cues having to be you know, two and a half or 2.45 seconds or whatever it is, at the right time, delivered perfectly. And other times you can throw paint at a wall, which is 15 metres wide and five metres high. So it's, it's a great to be able to, to do that. And the quietly confident is something that I, I really like as well, because it is not about, this year is not about the people shouting the loudest. And we can see in a response to our sort of quiet determinism in the spiritual community to change and help to expand people's consciousness and move them into a 5D world of, of love and heart-based energy, that the old guard, especially the old masculine ways, are shouting as loudly as they possibly can. The, the, the Borises and the Donalds and the Vlads are, are, are shouting very, very loudly and they're waving their toys around um, to, to see you know, who's got the biggest ego. But the um, it's a very polite way of saying that. But that's the, I'm, I'm trying to remain polite and not not to be offensive about them um, or, or anyone really. But it's the quiet confidence. It is the quiet word of no, we're not doing that anymore. We're just going to move on and do this. And I found that very effective in my working life back in the day and my teaching life. I wasn't necessarily a big shouting, stamping feet, although I was quite good at that if I need to be. Um, it was more of a quiet, just put that down, stop doing that, let's do this. And those of us, again, in, in our community are much better, I think, at that. This is the way forward, let's do this. And everyone quietly goes, oh yeah, that's lovely, we'll do that. And we do it and we help to change the world and we have a cup of tea and a biscuit and move on. Um, because and people that shout at you just tend not to have any substance behind the shouting. And this is the thing that I really love that's being revealed about the big shouters, especially on the um, sort of world stage, is that they're, they're just, it's just a whole load of hot air. And our work is about actually having substance behind it and doing things and making a difference. So again, going back to the Wood Dragons, it's time to see that expand, keep the visions on track, move forwards. Um, and with the, it coinciding with the new year and spring starting to spring after after in bulk and the light returning, the warmth of the sun starting to return, it's a perfect time now to plant seeds physically, actually, and metaphorically. You know, set intentions for the year, set our goals, get in touch with people, get things moving, that type of thing. So it's a really good time to be able to set your diary straight and go right and get in touch with people saying, oh, can we do this in May? Can we do this in June or September or October, whenever it is? And um, and set, set, set those things out there to be the, the rewards of which to be reaped later on in the year. Mm, I love this energy. It's it's It feels so balanced, you know, because like you say about that sort of that yang energy, that active, like, I call it like the Captain Picard energy. <laughs> he, like, makes things so, you know. Mm. If anybody doesn't know who Captain Picard is, he's one of the old captains on um, Star Trek. And he was just so quietly confident. But then there's that, you know, if you're being driven forward, there's such a risk of burnout, 
you know, and I always feel like I'm teetering in between these different positions, you know, and like I'm much more conscious now of like pulling myself back and going, okay, now today we're going to, you know, have more balanced thing where there's exercise and yoga and, you know, and I have to say most days I do actually hit that now. I think that's sort of like being in my 50s now. I think one becomes much more more aware but I can feel like as you're talking about the wood dragon I can kind of feel those there's this balance built into it where it's not just like going like crazy ahead you know like Mm. a a full locomotive steam engine on top on top speed it's really nice and also the quietly confident thing because I think a lot of people in the spiritual community, of course, we're not all the same. We all come with our own personalities and, um, you know, different ways of being. But a lot of us are not as confident as we should be, actually. Yeah. You know, so that's 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 really nice. Perhaps at some point during our chat, you could do a little meditation with us, with the with the wood dragon so we can really suck up. A bit of that, a bit of that energy and support because it, it feels really good for us, don't you think? It is, yeah. And and the the time and age analogy is is absolutely right. In the in our twenties and thirties, we tend to you know strive and smash forward at a thousand miles an hour, running up wherever we can, doing whatever we can, working extra long hours and doing things, and trying to either run up the the ladder if that's the type of world, or, or go above and beyond and do the extra bits and pieces, and that's great. And it's awesome, and sometimes it's the right time to do that. And um, I'm like you, just hit fifty. You've had four. I've had hip replacement, three other operations in the last three years. So I can't do what I used to do. I just can't do it. It's not physically possible. Well, it's possible, but I would end up with my legs keep being kept in the downstairs cupboard, uh, only to be used in emergencies. So the balance between that and the balance between our work life, and again, when we work in the spiritual community and when we do our things it's very easy to overdo it then being at the computer and being at home and go oh well I'll just grab a sandwich and I'll sit back and I'll do this and I'll carry on and I'll do another thing but it is so important to spend time for ourselves and in our community we are givers we are healers we are helpers we are trying to help other people um, and, and at the same time helping ourselves you know and the whole adage of you can't draw from an empty well is so important. You have to look after yourself. We have to be fit enough mentally, physically, emotionally, and strong enough in all of those aspects to be able to then deal and help with other people that are going through difficult times. You know, we all have to help each other move on and move forwards, and that works for everyone, even the the people at the forefront of of the, you know trying to help the people other people look to to say, well, what the hell's going on today? you have to take time and mm. and it's a, it's another thing that we're not very good at necessarily in that right i need to take some time myself for just recuperation just to sit quietly and again it's it's not doing nothing people have a big eye twitch about doing nothing um i w- remember many years back when i was having my first issues with my hips talking to a doctor about um being fit and healthy and recuperation and things like that. And he said that the main difference between a professional athlete and an amateur athlete is that the professionals know when to rest. 
Mm. And they know that resting is as important as training. And he said, where most amateur athletes fall down is that they have their job to go to. They finish their job, they run home, they have something to eat, they go back out. They train two, three times a week, they play a game on a Friday and Saturday. And if you keep doing that, you're going to get injured because you're not giving your body its time to rest and recuperate. Whereas the professional sportsmen, they split their time equally mm. in, in resting and, and working. And for us, we, we, we connect to all this stuff. We think, right, we've got to change the world. The world's in a, a hell of a state. It's all rubbish. And we've got to help to fix that. So we have to help fix that and be available 24-7. And um, that burnout that you were talking about is something mm. it, which is really hard. And especially last year and pre previously the, to that, then the lockdowns and everything, again, with this tsunami of fear and sadness, hit and the, I, I work with the violet flame aspects as you do and we were called that was a big clarion call to right we've got to help people we've got to transmute that energy we've got to work on it and try and dispel that fear and that overriding sense of anxiety and tragedy that people are going through and it's uh, it, 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 I got completely burnt out by that completely and utterly destroyed by trying to do that all the time and got to the point where uh, you know it ended up manifesting itself physically and I just could I couldn't do anything then I had my operation and I spent three months again having to sit down and do nothing that's really interesting Kieran because I've been through a bit of a similar process I remember when Covid hit just it was like this beam of light was just coming in cosmically and I just lit up I was just on fire I was like wow you know everything I've believed in look at what's happening in the world we really need this stuff now you know and I just worked I just I couldn't stop I just was really on fire and I did that yeah for <laughs> two or three years and I mean I have burnt out before I burnt out when I was a psychiatric nurse because I was so passionate about my job and yeah I wanted to help everybody and save everybody and including myself I mean I wasn't just you know having a hero complex but um yeah I've burnt out a number of times in my life but the last three months of last year I consciously cancelled all my work and said I this is I have to learn now <laughs> how to how to rest and what I need. And, and I literally spent three months just doing what I needed to do. And I completely changed my diet. <laughs> I completely changed my way of being. I mean, it was really, really radical. But I felt it, I, it was desperate measures, really. It was like, it was, it was sort of do or die. And the doing was like, being rather than doing you know I had to I had to do something really really drastic and I yeah I feel really like from the, I can't remember how long ago it was that we spoke to each other but I like I feel like quite a different person and talking to you you also seem like you're in that place of like having become quite a different person does that does that feel right it does it does and um 2023 being a, a seven year the violet flame year is transformation change alchemy and 
being advocates for that energy as both of us are, we, we would have that dynamism of, right, now is the time to step up, do your thing, be the, the advocate for the violet flame, send that energy forward, feed that message, shove it down people's throat, really, whether they want it or not. They are the, words, the world's going to have it and, and do that energy. And I did a, 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 I got a group together on the 7-7 day, which was 7th of July, up on Leith Hill, which is the Violet Flame Earth Chakra. And we had a group together and we did a ritual to call the energy down to, to activate the Violet Flame in each of the Earth Chakras around the globe, which was then echoed with other people working and that type of thing. And at the end of it, <coughs> I was doing this little part myself. Everyone had done their thing at each of the points. We were all together around and I let forward this sound it was like a scream of power anguish if it was in a film there would have been this huge ball of light emanating from my my face out into the cosmos it scared me this while the sound was coming out of my mouth i like a good sing and i quite, i have quite a powerful voice but it was on a whole other level i could kind of feel the earth shaking it wasn't it was a prime the definition of a primal scream really and as this thing ushered forward, and it lasted a good 45 seconds as well, which is a bit weird. Um, and when I'd finished, there was this silence. And as I quietly sort of gently opened my eyes, everyone around was looking at me as if I'd, you know, had become something else or they, you know, the, some kind of alien monster had been revealed from the human skin beneath. But they very quietly and gently and very, in a very British way would, well, um, well done. Jolly good. Um, would you like a biscuit? And that point really seemed like something had really shifted. It was a real release of me of, of lots, lots of pent up frustration and trauma and anger in this fire flame maelstrom that we were in. And um, a few weeks after, one of the lovely ladies that came, Diana, Diana Savile, who's the, the author of the Awakening the Flame, Violet Flame book, she wrote to me because she was with us and she said that sound sort of activated the energy out in the greater cosmos and it was a big thing. And I was so embarrassed by that because I just thought, I know it was loud, but I'm not entirely sure that my voice was loud enough to reach the far edges of the cosmos, to be honest. But that precipitated the shift and change in the back end of that year. We know sort of the alchemical process when we get to that point of the end of the alchemical process, where it's a time for re-evaluation and a bit of a sort of introspection before we get on the wheel and we move again. And um, yeah, I think that time of forced in inactivity and again, with the hip operation, it was far more intense than I thought it was going to be. I thought I'd have a couple of weeks off and then be up, be up doing my thing, um, which didn't wasn't the case for about six weeks. I didn't really sleep because of the medication and the pain and not being able to get comfortable and stuff. But and again, that led to a lot of release and a lot of self-evaluation and releasing things like that as well. So I really think the energy of this year, that calm, controlled release, mm. is it, it suits me much better, to be honest. Mm. And, I, and I have always been somebody that's been very up and down. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that those peaks and troughs are being squished so that there's much less... Um, anxiety and depression or accumulation and just a more controlled mm. release of energy. Yeah. yeah, and it's more sustainable, mm. isn't it? You know, yeah. 
That's really interesting. And um, I'm noticing this year that I've, I've always had sort of certain things that I've wanted to, that I, that are driving me. And one of them was like, I just wanted everybody to know about Sarah, you know, everything I've been doing since 2006 has all in one way or another sort of been towards that end goal. And then I don't know when it happened. It, it happened over a period of time. And I just thought, you know, perhaps I don't need to get the whole world to know about Sarah. <laughs> perhaps I just need to do my thing, you know. And something's just, something's just calmed down in me now where I've gone like, yeah, let's do, let's do my thing. And it'll all take care of itself, you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, I, I, I think that the, the, the focusing back in the other thing about this year energetically is this, and the wood dragon t- tells us and shows us is to to focus back in on the heart upon the self. Yeah, we can feel overwhelmed with the chaos in the world, the troubles in. Um, the whole Israel-Palestine thing, the Ukraine-Russia things, the other uh, atrocities and and wars that are going on around the world and climate change. Climate and, change, yeah. Yeah, and all of that can be completely overwhelming. Yeah. And we can feel, well, what's the point? I'm just one person. Um, I can't change the mind of the businesses and the people that are pouring the stuff into the oceans or doing whatever, um, but... What we can do is is just focus in and back on ourselves and how we deal with it or how we react to those things and change our world and ourselves. And what I've really experienced in the last six weeks or so is when we can do that and really get to that point, it's stronger and more powerful than shouting from the rooftops about the injustices and the terrible things. It, it, it lights up that heart centre and at that compassion and that love which is another uh, um, energy which is really important this year with Kuan Yin being the ascended master presence of 2024 she is about compassion and forgiveness and love it's similar to Mother Mary's energy and so we're compassionate towards ourselves so we're giving towards ourselves loving towards ourselves that lights our hearts up and sends that energy out into the world into our partners and our family and our friends and the community and that in itself will expand out globally and that will be the way to change if we meet aggression with aggression everyone just gets more angry if you meet aggression with compassion then the anger will dissipate to a point hopefully that the people that need and do make the big decisions will actually from a heart space have to listen to what happens because they will themselves be in a position not to just feel threatened is Quan yin a dragon person yeah yeah she is she's um depicted regularly uh, um, riding upon a dragon um and this is one of the things again from the symbolism which is quite interesting because in some depictions the dragon is very dragony, and others it's kind of demony, and it's all a bit odd. And she has this um, vase or, or sort of water vessel. Uh, uh, vase isn't the right word, and I've been trying to find out what the word is, but I can't. I can't find it. It's not in my vocabulary. But she's holding a water vessel, and 
In one of the depictions I saw, which was really lovely, it was on um, the repair shop actually, just in November. And this lovely lady had this thing and they were working on repairing this little water vessel because it had become damaged. And what they actually did was you would turn the, the whole statue upside down, fill it with water, turn it the right way up. And this um, had a teeny tiny little spout in the water vessel and it would drip down onto what looked like a demon or a dragon. And again, this is part of that whole culture of are dragons evil and nasty and demonizing of dragons with the the, um, the switch over between the old ways and the, and the sort of um, Christian world. But what, one of the things about compassion and understanding and forgiveness that Kuan Yin teaches is about that compassion. And if that dragon or that demon represents our shadow self, then it's being compassionate and loving. That water dripping is a water of compassion, of love, of understanding, of soft gentleness onto that aspect of ourself, which the fear and the anger, which has been so rife and relevant for the last three or four years, has become for many of us out of control because nobody's listening and nobody's hearing it, which is one of the contributors to the mental health crisis that we're going through and the huge escalation in life crime in this country and violent crime in this country and around the globe as well. So she teaches about this compassion and understanding and sending forward soft, gentle words and time to the shadow aspect of ourselves and having an open dialogue with that aspect of ourself rather than hiding it away in a cupboard or, you know, pretending it doesn't exist because in that case it will smash down the doors and it will be overpowering and far more negative than we would otherwise have it. Yeah, I love, I love, I love Cranion. And when you mentioned Cranion, I was just seeing dragons. That's why I asked that. That's why I asked that question. She was the first goddess energy I ever connected to, actually, because it was before I was sort of a spiritual person. And um, I was working as a nurse in a mental health unit that was just for women. And it was a nurse-led unit. And uh, I was the assistant manager and our manager, Penny, she had this book on goddesses and it was sort of in the um like the the nurse's room and I picked it up and started reading it and I went oh oh this is lovely listen to this and I started reading it out to the other nurse I was working on the shift with and it was about Kuan Yin and it was like her story about like when she was leaving she heard the cries of suffering and came back and I just broke down and started crying. And I was like, oh, God, here we go again. Rachel's being balmy, you know. <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, and I, and I would just go back. I would just go back to that story over and over again and just loved it. And then, of course, later on when I um, discovered St Michael's in Ewell, and discovered there was things like priestess courses and whatever, and became a priestess, then I realised there was a lot more to that, you know, reading of the story out of Cranyon, the reason I was quite, I knew her, you know, I knew, I knew that, that energy, and God, yeah, she does feel really, she does feel really dragon energy in a really, a really good way, like that's part of her power. It, it is the um, the remarkable energy of the divine feminine capacity for compassion, and it's one of the things I 
I find truly astounding with mothers in general, seeing and understand, you know, I, I can look upon it, but I can't experience it because I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be a parent in any way, shape or form now. And, and the compassion that mothers have, no matter how bad the day is, no matter how badly or tragically things are going in their life, if their child asks for help, and it doesn't matter if that child is two months old or 80 years old, they will exude that compassion and that love in an unconditional way, which is truly remarkable. They will drop everything and go, it doesn't matter if the house is on fire, I'm just going to go and pick my kid up because they need me or I'll fly across the halfway across the world or I'll just do something. Uh, I was uh, uh, a little while back when I used to do a pop-up ski sale with a friend of mine. We had a little kid who's about three or four and her mum and the kid wanted to buy something, whatever it was, a bubble hat or whatever it was. And she, when mum said, no, you can't do that. We need to go now. We've got to go to um, whatever it is. This kid had a full-on tantrum. And I hadn't seen a proper tantrum, really. I'd seen, you know, bits of them, but I tend to take myself out of them. It's not my kid, not my problem, don't mind. I'm going away. Thank you very much. And this was screaming, shouting, and a proper smacking fists on the floor, kicking the floor, screaming. And this mum, bless her, she just let this kid do this for about five, six seconds, and she very calmly, very quietly said, no, I said to you that we need to go now. And you're crying and shouting and screaming because you can't express yourself in another way. Well, that's okay. But we can't afford to buy you the hat. We need to go to the thing that we're going to. So what I need you to do is to just stop doing what you're doing, take a breath, blow your nose, and we're going to go. And the most remarkable thing was the fact that this kid stopped immediately, sat down, blew my nose, went, okay, mummy, and then got up and walked out. <laughs> but it's the, really the, great it's really great when you can have those moments where it happens like that and I definitely feel like that is an aspect of the divine mother that that women often channel with their children but I would say as well I've seen men channeling it fathers channeling it with their children just as just as well as mothers and I think you know, traditionally, men haven't had as much opportunity to show that side of themselves as they do now. And mm. especially like living in Denmark, there's a lot of like, it's 50-50, you know, you have to like share everything equally. And mm. there's a lot of um, focus on it. But I mean, I would also say that that is, it is an expectation of women that they can always channel that. Mm. And as a woman, and as a former therapist, psychiatric nurse, I would say there's times in women's lives where they can't channel that. They don't have the resources. And that society, Western society, judges them really, really harshly if they can't, if they can't be that ever-loving, ever-present mother. And, you know, I think women have to be really kind to themselves for not always achieving that because like the divine mother can do it. She's the divine mother. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well the yeah. rest of us are human, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like... Absolutely. Yeah. She's been, she's been practicing for quite a while to do those things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I have no idea how 
in general, women do what women do. You know, they have, like you said, they have to be calm and compassionate and loving. There's a lovely um, monologue in Barbie, the film Barbie, about being a woman. And I can't quote all of it. It's not my place to, and I can't remember half of it anyway. But it's about the balance between being sexy but not too sexy and being clever but not too clever and understanding but not, you know, a walkover and all of these things that women have to be all at the same time. And um, there is a shift in that energy now as well because, you know, the, the, the days of the brash, shouty bloke stamping his feet, I want my dinner, is it, they're done, gone, bye-bye, thank you very much, and not a day too soon. And it's okay to share and talk and be understanding. But again, we're all works in progress. So we, like, as you say, absolutely, we need to be kind to ourselves. And this is the energy again of the year and the, the wood dragon, kind to ourselves, compassionate to ourselves when we try to do something and don't quite get to where we would like to be. We would like to be compassionate and understanding and infinitely patient, but we can't be because we have a whole load of stuff going on in our lives and our incarnations and our trauma and our past life issues to deal with. And sometimes you just can't. But what I think is important is being able to say that out loud to, to whichever situation you're in. I would like to be this. I can't do it at the moment because I'm going through too much. My bucket is too full. I have no room for compassion, understanding. I'm going to take myself away now and have do some breathing exercises or hit a punch bag 17,000 times and I'll come back to you when I can actually converse. And I think that's the difference rather than not yeah. being able to communicate, whether yeah. that be a, a, a man or a woman or however you identify yourself. It's about being able to say truthfully and honestly, I can't deal with this now. I can't communicate with you at the moment. I need some time. I need to be able to come back and I'll, I'll, we'll get back to it. And, and other people are allowing that to happen. Yeah. As well. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And that authenticity and allowing yourself to be vulnerable. I mean, I've had to learn that kind of communication, like with my, my youngest son, Benji. And normally I wouldn't, it's not the sort of conversations I would have with children. You know, I've been brought up to sort of like, you kind of protect your kids from how you're doing. But Benji's got um, autism and ADHD and having a, like, a special needs kid, it's you have to learn different ways of parenting. Um, we had to have some training. Me and, me, and, me and Thomas, my husband, he was sort of brought up, no boundaries, very sort of hippie um, lifestyle. So he had no boundaries. And I was brought up with like Victorian parents who like so strict I mean my god and we both had to like lose that and yeah find another way of parenting completely but one of the things I found I had to do is when I am really really tired and I just can't manage anymore I have to say that I have to say that to Benji and like he's 11 now but I mean from, I don't know, obviously when he was four or five, it wasn't the conversation. But when he got old enough to understand, you know, I would say, mummy's really tired now. I can't deal with this right now. I understand that you're feeling upset, but I have to go and rest for half an hour. And it would work mm. because, I mean, the thing is he couldn't pick up my signals. He can't, you know, he's autistic. He doesn't have... So a great ability for like reading yeah. the situation but also like 
he did care. So when I said that to him, it brought out his capacity for being empathic, basically. Mm. And then, you know, it, it would stop the situation, excuse my French, from going to shit. When I did mm. that, I actually stopped things going going to shit. And then, you know, we could then deal with it when we'd both sort of like had a bit of a had a bit of a had a bit of a break. But that's that was really new to me. And I think it's I don't know if the younger generations are getting a lot better at it now, maybe just saying how things are is, you know, this is how it is for me. I hope so, because I don't I think, think it's so. great to cover everything up. No, I think it is. I, I think they are getting better at being able to have those conversations. And we would term the sort of adult ad, adult conversations. But I, I, I've gone, the, I went completely the other way. I, as, a, as a young man, I found it very difficult to share my emotions and to share how I felt because it was overwhelming all the time. And that was to my detriment, you know, when I was in my my teens and twenties, I couldn't express myself very well at all. And it resulted in me having a stammer and a stutter which was terrible. And it resulted in sort of emotional breakdowns and stuff like that. And I call them breakthroughs now rather than breakdowns, you know, because I just had to then let things out. But when I had the second one, that sort of safety valve is so important. So now I, I, I'm like a reformed smoker now. I have to, I overshare all the time. I talk about how my feelings all the time, and um, and it's one of the things again coming back to last year and this year. It's one of the things that I'm I'm trying to be much better at is when I'm sharing a lot and talking about lots of things. And my poor long suffering wife, bless her, even though we've not been together that long, she's been long suffering in all of our relationship. She just I, I can't. I'm too tired. I can't. And whereas before I go, no, we need to talk about this now, and we'd have to, and I try and make. I talk about things which is very unfair I would just now I'm hoping to I'm getting to a point where I go okay well, we'll take some time or we'll circle back to it because before I felt so emotionally unstable that if I didn't talk about it when I was ready to talk about it I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to talk about it again mm. and that was that was the challenge because of that time where I really couldn't speak about things mm. and to, to a point of oversharing hopefully I'm coming back to space in the middle and I think with our younger generations now I'm hoping that they're far more open and honest about how they're feeling. And I think the breakdown of of the sort of um, binary nature of gender identity or sexuality really helps to precipitate that, that people can talk about the way that they are if they are non-binary or they can talk about their um, uh, persuasions and that is fluid, gender fluidity and things like that. It's more of a, a conversation about how are you today sort of thing. Mm. And... So people can have those conversations and being able to have that conversation will hopefully mean that they can have more about feelings and and uh, the state of the world in general. Yeah. I think it also comes down to personality as well, though. I think even, you know, despite like how you're brought up and all the rest, my, my eldest son, Josh, he, we had a conversation um, this year where I said to him you know because my parents died quite early in my life especially my mum and um and I said to him look you know honey I know some difficult things have happened over the years and I'd like to know how you feel about these things because I don't have my parents here anymore I can't ask them and I don't think I'm about to drop dead but actually you never know 
what's going to happen. And yeah, my mum was only five, six years older than I am now, and she died. And I said, so if there is stuff you want to talk about, I'm just saying, don't leave it until it's too late. Let's ha- let's have these conversations now. And he got he got really upset. He did get really upset, and he said, you know we've had some conversations since then he says I do find it really hard to talk about my emotions and there's definitely males in my family it seems to get passed down and he's not been brought up like that but he still he still like has it in him and he said I think you're so brave mum that you talk about your feelings and like he's a really big strong strapping lad plays football go to the gym you know and I was like wow he thinks that's he thinks that's brave like Mm. you really see me as this courageous person and it's like and I'm like wow because I don't see myself like that it's just like I'm again it's like one of my things that drives me is that need to express what is going on like what I'm picking up emotionally from myself from other people and I couldn't do that when I was a kid I was like nobody said anything about anything and if you did you were really in trouble I mean you weren't allowed you know it was really like taboo about it so yeah I guess I get I mean we're all different aren't we and People like me and you <laughs> have to say something. It is, you know, it is helping other people have those conversations because it's it's not easy to talk about feelings and stuff, is it? I mean, no, mine um, mine manifest themselves in my younger years as some angst-ridden teenage poetry, which was pretty awful. Um, but it was a way of of getting things out there, and yeah. again with with social media and things like that, and. Uh, Social media is a, a tricky environment for lots of young people. It's quite toxic, but there's opportunities there to get their their voices out there and to be heard. Whether that's you know um, out on socials and vlogging or blogging or whatever, they can have their opinions and they can find like-minded people as well and communities which understand and can sympathise with what they're going through and that type of thing. So hopefully that that is a, a positive spin on the social media i mean uh, unfortunately there's so many opportunities for people to jump on a bandwagon of of bullying and that type of thing because it's almost anonymous even though it's somebody's profile and you could say somebody something horrendous about somebody and go ha you you're terrible you smell of peaches or whatever it is that's a yeah terrible insult but it feels anonymous because you don't think that that you know it's not something that you would say to somebody's face yeah um so um yeah uh and on the flip side of that is just because you can have an opinion about something doesn't mean you should. Yes. <laughs> and I think this is something that some people should should really dial back because, yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. you put something out there in a, a perfectly innocent thing and somebody will go, well, I think you'll find that this, that, and the other. And I was like, why are you commenting? Yeah. Why are you saying something? If you, you know, the old, old adages still hold true. If you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Um, why people would just feel the need to troll somebody over whatever it is just because they can say something because mm. they're sitting in their little bunkers feeling safe. Mm. Yeah. Pros and cons to everything yeah. in life. It's just, you know, I think this is one of the things, this is the conclusion I've come to anyway, this is one of the things that we've come here to learn is that mm. there is nothing that doesn't have black and white in it, <laughs> you know? And like learning how to navigate that and manage that is real mastery. 
you know. It's fun. I, I had a guy um, I put out on social media. I was doing a, 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 a sort of weekend, um, doing some readings for people, doing some Dragon Room readings for people in Glastonbury. And I put out, I'm going to be here on Saturday doing stuff, looking forward to meeting people. And some guy who, who lived in Glastonbury, which I was, you know, I shouldn't be shocked about, but because all kinds of people live all kinds of everywhere. He said, oh, you know, doing for readings for people is just pandering and stealing money off them and pandering to their emotional needs and all this sort of thing. And it's all a whole load of nonsense and bunkum and rubbish. And I got quite angry by that. And then I thought, uh, 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 so I, end, I said, instead of getting angry and saying, or just blocking them and saying, you're in a case, you don't know what you're talking about, shut your face, leave me alone. Uh, you smell a wee and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, bad things. Um I just said, well, that's fine. That's your opinion. Why don't you come down and have it? I'll give you a free reading and you can see if it's nonsense when you've actually experienced what I do rather than judging me but without knowing who I am or what I do. Um, funny enough, he didn't respond, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah. It's, it, it, it's yeah. one of those things, you know, people are so judgmental about something that they have no experience of. You don't know what other people are going through. You don't know what their, their life situation is or... You know the traumas, trials, and tribulations they have to deal with on an everyday basis. So, mm. but they judge them. And we're hoping to get to a point of less judgment and more knowledge and understanding. Yeah, passion. yeah, and understanding each mm. other because that's it. You know, when people have these strong viewpoints, there's always a reason behind it. There's something that's happened. There's some emotion that's been triggered. There's some experience, um, but it's very hard to understand it when it's being like pointed at you. Yeah as a as a as a judgment but there's you know it's actually when you actually find out it's actually quite interesting if you can get if you can get to that point but um you just mentioned Glastonbury there and um as I as as you know uh we're coming to Glastonbury in mm. April and doing a Sarah retreat and one of the things we're doing and this is because I want to ask you something about this is so Sarah has, I mean, I call it a, a violet flame spiral temple, which is just a, a whole string of words. It doesn't really mean a lot, to be honest. But um, she has her own vibration of the, the violet flame. It's really evolutionary. And it, it's like, it is like this spiral. And I think it was back in 2019, we discovered this like seed that she'd planted back whenever when and we activated it and it like it spirals out her lilac violet flame and I was thinking about that the other day and I suddenly realized oh yeah because it's the heart chakra Glastonbury and that's what the heart do it it pumps out bloods doesn't it to everywhere and I thought yeah because she's asked us to upgrade it and because I got this message and then someone else who works with it a lot, she wrote to me and said, Sarah wants us to upgrade it. And I was like, yeah, OK, all right then. So we need to get a few people there now to do it. And because we've done it online before and I've had other people go there and I was like, no, we need more. We need more bodies, you know. And this was the question that I wanted to ask you about was like it's the whole physical thing. And also because of the dragons. So. I was getting ready this morning and I was thinking about talking to you today. And I thought, yeah, I really wanted to talk to Kieran about dragons and I can feel all this dragon energy coming in now. And I'm thinking about doing this upgrade. And I thought, 
oh, we've got to do some pre-work for it. We can't just go in there and upgrade it. We've got to do something like a few weeks before. And the dragons have got to come in. The lilac, violet flame dragons have got to come in and like do some clearing. And it's like whenever a physical space needs clearing for like the Sarah work, it's always the dragons. And I don't think of it because, like, I'm really bad at remembering stuff, right? I am. There's a reason why I'm a channel. (laughs) It's because, you know, part a lot, there's something in me that's just empty and doesn't remember stuff. So there's space for it to to come through. And it's always the dragons that turn up. So I'll just, could you speak to that a bit? Yeah, there's lots of really interesting things around that. Um, Being here in Glastonbury now, there's a group of us that are starting to do some energy work to help clear that the energy of the heart center because people come to Glastonbury all the time they dump their energetic detritus and their trauma and their sadness either on the tour or in some ceremony somewhere or in the high street or wherever it is or they leave it down the back of the bins down the side of one of the little roads and they buy themselves a new outfit and they buy a drum and they toodle off and have a wonderful time having uh, done that and I think back in the day, it was for me. There's a visualization of, a, of a, an enormous sort of goddess dragon underneath the tour, who guides and guards the um, the, ch- the chalice, the cup of Christ, and that's the, that seed, that golden seed that you may be talking about. And what we've been doing recently is helping, helping to use the violet flame, connecting with the violet flame chakra on Leith Hill, to send this turgid, dark, dank, oily negativity out and to have it alchemized by the violet flame and bring golden light back in to help that energy move and shift. So I think some of the pre-work that you're talking about we're sort of doing in Mm. in a similar way. Dragons, uh, energetically, because they exist in all spheres and all realms of consciousness, then it's sometimes easier for them to do the clearing work than it would be the angelic collective because the angelic collective find it difficult vibrationally to get down to get down and dirty in this three-dimensional world and to be fair if i was an angel and i was dressed in my beautiful white robes with my golden halo i wouldn't want to get down and dirty in the mud you know i wouldn't want to get in the trenches with the troops uh, necessarily i'd want to be sorting things out from a from a more generalistic overview point of view um, but the dragons, again, as well, because they have been connected to the ley lines and the actual, you know, I was shown in meditation a few years ago that they help to breathe life into Mother Earth, consciousness, if you will, through the ley lines, through those energetic lines, breathing their energy in. And that the ley lines and the energy become stagnant and stuck as well. So what used to happen on the tour is that those people would dump their energetic detritus, but they would be the priestesses of Avalon that would sort of help to move that energy, help to send it out through the ley lines. The druids would do their thing as well. Mm. The ley lines were much better at working. There wasn't the M3 and M4 and whatever it was, an M5 in the way of it, and all the housing and the people, and there weren't that many people as well. So it would be able to be moved out across the waterways, across the wetlands, the lowlands there as well, the levels. And that water would just help to let everything be transformed and changed and released and that is there's a lot of blockage there now as well so um i think with the energy of the dragons being dynamic and getting that type of thing done then yeah it's uh it's something that will work very well and uh, i know you're, you're coming over and i would love to you know if you're doing that energy activation and i'm free if you're happy if you want me to come over and 
and lend my dragony ear to to that kind of work I'd be um that would be amazing that That would be amazing thank you yeah no that really like everything you just said there was just like yeah that all just makes perfect sense and yeah I've had that thought like loads of times it's like you know back in the day we as humanity we had a clear seeing of how the energy needed to flow in the earth and we knew how to take care of it and like now there's a lot of souls that are stuck in like the astral planes and you know they're not doing it on purpose I'm not blaming them but you know a lot it causes like when I'm going around doing clearing work to get things online a lot of it is helping souls pass over and and all just even wake up and know where they are and it just it all turns into a big a big mess to be honest and yeah play these power places they are running so much energy through them that there's inevitably big blockages and I hadn't thought about so many people coming to Glastonbury and, and and leaving stuff there that makes so much sense the seed that I was talking about so it's like so so like the holy family have gone around the earth and they have planted different seeds in the earth that are going to be awakened at a certain point. And th- this seed, it was so the, the the spiral temple, it's basically it's an energy structure. Mm. You know, I've just given it a name of a spiral temple. And its job is to spiral out Sarah's energy because it's like we're at that point of evolutionariness, you know, where things are shifting and she's an ascended master for the for the new earth. So this is like it's her thing, it's her, it's her vibration. And it started off gently, and now she's asking us to like turn it up. Not full, because you know, that's not obviously these things have got to happen, you know, within divine timing, and we've got to be able to like process it and and clear it up. But yeah, I really feel, I really feel the weight of all the detritus is that the right word uh detritus yeah. detrit yeah on the earth you know i really feel it and i can i have a i have a like a body memory of how it used to be mm. which was just like which was so much lighter but i have started doing this um because yeah i like you know so at the moment i've got some interesting things going on one is i've discovered a technique where you release trauma from the body through shaking really interesting and I never thought this was possible because I was born into a family that was just so traumatized and then it was really traumatizing for me being in that family I've never really expected to get to a point where I could actually start releasing that from the whole nervous system and everything so that's that's really really interesting that we're getting to the point where we can do these things and there's a technique that I've learned where you do this mudra and I find that when you do it and you visualize or just imagine how it would feel if you kind of had what you needed to have, it creates all this amazing feeling. And I thought the other day, I thought, well, why don't I imagine how it would feel if the earth was completely healed? And I tried it and it felt really good. And I was like, right, this is, you know, I have to remember to do this at least once a week and then you know I might even build up to doing it every day I have to sort of let myself do things gently otherwise Mm. I just like 
oh god I just I can't do I can't do everything you know but um yeah I love I love Glastonbury but it's it's good to be able to know how to navigate the the different energies there for sure yeah it's very intense and it's not all love and light and rainbows no. and unicorns no, no. You know, there, there is that um shadowy underbelly because and there has to be because if there's so much light there has to be a shadow which is equally strong um you know in, a, in our 3d world but yeah like you said people used to and it's not that long ago if you if we take sunday um services in church and communions and that type of thing would all always be about raising vibration opening spaces and helping uh through sound and song and light and and devotion helping those lost souls that, you know, are stuck in the astral plans, as you said, to move on and move forwards. And because there's been a massive decline in that part of the church, then there's there's not those um, processes in place to be able to deal with it. And there's so many more of them and so many more people and so much more energy that there's not a new process ready to be able to deal with it. No. Uh, and, and so, yeah, so, you know, I do soul rescue, which is my term for the, the, helping to open a portal to help those energies and those presences pass through and soul fragment retrieval, which is the same thing, but on an individual level for individual parts of ourselves. And there's new levels of that that have opened up recently for people to be able to bring back the you know, sort of the, the ancestral parts of themselves. And the last time I did one, for me, there were thousands yeah. fragments that have returned which is quite remarkable yeah not it's not remarkable work because it's me doing the work it's remarkable because i've done this thing for a number of years and all yeah. of a sudden there's a whole another level of things oh well you've got you've done very well here's another yeah another treasure trove of strangeness and it's remarkable that it's possible as well yeah. isn't yeah. it i mean yeah. you know and these i think these possibilities and these potentialities are just expanding so much it is yeah i just wanted to say about that that, that sarah's vortex energy vortex thing that you're talking about the seven-pointed star which is for me epitomizes the the violet flame advocates is a in essentially a two-dimensional shape and what it feels to me like you're describing is our chakras you know we have that spiral of energy that goes out and the spiral of it forwards and backwards or depending on the chakras how you see them but i saw the energy of that Sarah's energy is being the epitome of that energy exuding from the chakra, the embodiment of that rather than the seven pointed star, which holds the energy. It's the uh, extrapolation or expansion of the energy out. Mm. That is her, her place to be as, as it were, if that makes mm. sense. So instead of, if, if you were using the analogy of the sun, instead of the, the, the sun being the different advocates of the violet flame, then the light that comes from the sun is Sarah's energy and she embodies that. Mm. Does that make sense? I'll have to contemplate on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, gosh, what times, what times we're in. Really. Yes. It's not dull, is it? No. Would you like to do a, a, a wood dragon meditation for Yeah, us? sure. I'd Absolutely. really love that. I'm sure everybody sure. would love that. Happy to. Um, I, I do have some some music as well, background music, if you want me to try and get that cat going. If, if you, am I up for sharing things? Am I enabled to share? Oh, 
Let me have a look. Oh. Hmm. I haven't done this for a while. Allow participants to rename themselves. We don't care about that. I'm going to stick mm. with, with my name, if that's all right. <laughs> share screen. Multiple participants can share simultaneously. Ooh. Let's see if that works. Does that work? Yes, I believe it has. Um, let's just go with that. Let me just um, see if I can get this going there. Yeah, it says you're sharing computer sounds, so it must have worked. Yay! Yeah, I can hear that. Some sound? Yeah, I've got that. Yeah. Can you still hear my voice as well as the sound? Yes. Yes? Yeah. Does it sound a little bit loud? A little bit loud. Okay. I have a soft and gentle voice. How's that now? Does that better? That's great. Okay. Right then. So just take a few moments to have a breathe, a little shuffle in your seat. Just breathe deeply and gently. Let your body find its own natural rhythm. Listen to the sounds around you the ambient sounds of the world, the sound of the water, the sound of the birds playing. Relax into this space and breathe down into your heart center. Focus on that space for a while and breathe. I'm going to call to the energy of the Dragon Collective, my brothers and sisters. They're going to come forward and create a safe space around us as we journey out into the energetic world. Dragons of earth and sea and sky Dragons of fire around us fly. Dragons of night and those of gold come closer and let your wings unfold. Dragons of love and those of change be with us now then rearrange to dragons of change and those of love as below then so above. Dragons one and dragons all come close and heed this dragon's call. Dragons come close then, they spiral and swirl, they dance and move, each the guardian of their own energetic dimensional space. With them they bring the swirling mists of Ratanam, the mists of infinite possibility, the mists of magic. And these mists gently melt away the walls, the ceiling and floor, the physical world around you. we are drawn upon their energy, upon their wings, upon their excitement and laughter and happiness 
up into the clouds. A sense of peace and of movement, the release of the physical world, the release of the trauma and pain and worry. We are free to spiral and swirl and dance in the clouds. After a short while, we get the feeling of being drawn downwards. And as the clouds part, we see an open meadow and a long sprawling woodland, a small stream and some spring flowers. There is a space, a clearing in the woodland and we are brought down into this space. The stream runs through it. It dances, gurgles and laughs gently and softly. And around us in the trees, the birds dance and move. And the spring sunshine is warm upon your face. Dip your toe into the stream and it is cool but not cold. And it brings a sense of peace with the warmth of the sun on your face. This balance of the cool waters in your toes, the warmth of the sun upon your brow, fills your heart with joy and happiness. After a short while, you become aware of presences coming close. On your left-hand side, Kuan Yin, a soft, small, gentle lady, dressed in fine silk robes, of greens and gold. And upon your right-hand side, Wood Dragon forest dragon, the ancient energy of the green. He has grown up like the stalk from Jack and the Beanstalk to appear next to you and appears quizzically, rests his brow against your brow in the ancient dragon welcome. It feels like warm tree bark against your skin. There is such compassion there gentle confidence extends down your body and peace, excitement, dynamism beneath the bark. Konyin takes your hands and bids you stand. She exudes forgiveness and love and compassion and the waters that flow are the waters that flow from her water vessel soothing the fear and sadness and worry we may carry the wood dragon 
dragon bids you climb upon his back. So the pair of you do, you stand together, hand in hand, as he gently glides and moves through the forest. Everywhere you go, you see budding plants on the forest floor. Leaves on the trees and blossoms begin to open. Drawing in a deep breath, you can sense and smell and taste the blossoms. The reawakening of Mother Earth, of new hope and happiness and contentment. As you look more closely, you can see different aspects of wood dragon dancing through the trees, running up the bark, pushing the blossoms open, waking the trees and the leaves, dancing with the dryads of each of the trees and the blossoms, and with the fairy folk, awakening them from their winter slumber. Fills your heart with joy. And every now and again, the spring sunlight breaks through the trees upon your brow and warms your mind. Breathe that energy down into the heart, which can expand in this beautiful golden light, surrounded by the green. aspects of wood dragon become aware of your presence and excited they bring you gifts of seeds from the trees from the shrubs and plants your hopes and dreams your ideas and thoughts and wherever you wish and will in the forest to plant these dig a space of the earth up is now easy to turn and open. Place the seed within it, close it back up again, send a, a wish and will with your heart down to that seed. Kuan Yin will water it gently with her anointing oils and waters of compassion and love. Blossoms for yourself and for others, your hopes for you, for your family, for your friends, for humanity. We come to another clearing. Your dragon sets us down and Kuan Yin comes to face you once more and beams this message into your heart. Remember the times for action. Remember the times to rest. Grow when the sun shines and take shelter when it rains. Find peace in the stillness and joy in the dance. Be kind and gentle to yourself. 
then there is no rainbow. Focus your energy on your heart and be kind and gentle to yourself once more. Thank you. You're welcome. That was so beautiful. You are really a dragon master, dragon priest, dragon person. Just, wow, I haven't connected to the dragon energies through that forest energy in that way before. And um, the forest is like, 
apart from the fjord, it's my other favourite place to be in. That was just gorgeous. Thank you so much. What a gift. You're welcome. And hopefully you'll start to see the energy of the wood dragon now in the trees, yeah. in the shapes of the trees and the shapes of the earth itself. One of my first ever uh, sort of real connections with, with the dragon was up on Leith Hill, and I was having a crisis of confidence about the world. I was thinking that I was absolutely, uh, to, to coin a phrase, batshit crazy, and um, was wondering what the point was. And I was shouting out, screaming at the universe, and I was saying, I want a sign that I'm not mad, which it wasn't great when you're standing there on a freezing cold, wet, rainy day, shouting at the universe, I want a sign, everything's fine. And I had a, a large crow that was, the crow's one of my familiars, and was would land on a branch and go, and I, yeah, you can shut up, I'm looking for a sign from the universe. And I would call out, and I would sing, and I'd cry a lot, and throw things, and and ask, and beg, and the universe sort of does what the universe does, and goes, yeah. um, and I said, right, fine, let's do that, I'm going to give it all up and become an accountant, um, which is, you know, accountants are lovely, but it's not my, my bag of sitting in an office, that type of thing. So I was walking back towards the, the main pathway, and the crow was going, it was hopping from branch to branch. So will you shut up and leave me alone? I was looking for a sign from the universe. And it stopped on this one particular tree and was basically going, like, it was pretty much going, over here, you stupid man, look at this, look at this, pointing with his wing. And I looked up, will you leave me alone? I'm looking for, oh, oh, right, okay. Okay, good. And I started laughing because he was perched on this branch and the end of the branch had split off and it looked just like the open moor of a dragon. <laughs> it was just absolutely a dragon thing, a dragon tree. And if we ever get to up, up onto the hill to there, I'll show you. It's just remarkable. And I was like, okay, well, good. That, well, that's a sign. Thanks very much. That's lovely. <laughs> that's brilliant. Oh, I love that story. I love your sound effects as well. They're really good. <laughs> it just reminds well you see i get my 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 crow sound effects come from the crow from banana man you know banana man had his psychic that was a crow so he would okay yeah i can't remember if it was bill Oddie or graham gardner the thing i think it was bill Oddie. yeah so what are you feeling really passionate about offering this year in 2024 what services or events or what's really lighting you up at the moment I'm doing some, uh, I've just started, so last year I did some work uh, uh, on the different elemental dragons, uh, a workshop series on those. And this year I'm working in a similar way, so once a month or seven months on working with dragon magic. So that using the dragon's breath to dissolve the world around us so we can journey and, and get into higher states of consciousness, using different aspects of the dragon fire for transformation and change and using it to... In, add spice and colour to our practices, everyday practices as well. Um, I'm definitely working very hard on this energy of connecting Leith Hill, the Violet Flame energy and Glastonbury for that transformation and change. The heart is really important as well, massively. And um, I'm doing soul to soul days. And I started to do these, but it was a spa day for the soul. So people would come and spend the day with me and we'd have it, we'd do a reading and some healing and, or a crystal ball reading or whatever it was, you know, four or five different things. And um, last year, a lovely lady came down from Canada with her husband, and we actually did that walking around in Glastonbury. 
So going to Chalicewell and I did a guided meditation and going to the Abbey grounds and did some energy work and some healing work and went to the top of the tour and did the same thing. So I'm going to be doing that as well for people on a one-to-one thing so they can spend the day with me, like a whole day. And it's like a whole day out. Go to the Magdalene Chapel maybe or wherever we'll be guided to go and people will receive what they want to receive, some healing, some divination, some insight into what's going on. And um, I'm really hopeful that that'll, that'll take off for people to be able to take a day out of their busy lives, to take a real spa day for their soul, as I said, take some time for them. And the, the last, my last thing, which is something I should probably talk about a lot more, but I haven't because it's in progress, is that um, in December last year, I was signed up by a publishing company to release uh, and do a booklet and my Dragon Rune cards, which I've been using for years, um, so they will be out in production. So they'll be out in the world, hopefully in January next year. So I'm, re- I'm writing the booklet and the instructions and that type of thing now, um, which I really love the process. And I'm um, trying to follow that up with outlining a book on how to work with dragons and their energy to see if they'll jump on board with that as well. So, which would be great because I don't know of many tomes people ask me for recommendations all the time. How do I work with dragons and their energy? What do I do? And I say, oh, well, you need the book by Kira Morgan about how to work with dragon energy. And they go, great, where do I get it? I, have, I haven't written it yet. And I've been saying that for about a decade um, at least. So I think this uh, this year is the time to get that outline out and hopefully somebody will pick it up and it'll get out into the world. Yeah, so that sounds amazing because I, I want to buy a copy. <laughs> I want to write a copy. And I mean, the thing I'm, is, the thing is when someone teaches you something or writes something who really has an understanding of that thing the rest of us can just pick it up so easily but trying to do it without that ah. mm. so I guess we must be getting to a point where we're more ready for it Kieran yeah I think so it is that time there's far more people working with dragons and dragon energy as well there's dragon summits and things like that happening this year and um the thing that I'm going to be doing as well alongside the actual sort of written book is to do some recordings of the energetic exercises, which will be in it. So mm. it won't just be, because some of the, I find it tricky sometimes with people that write really wonderful books and they go, right, and here's a guided meditation to connect with so-and-so. And you have to try and read it and do it at the same time. And that's tricky to to to, to go through that. I remember reading the 21 Lessons of Merlin way back when I was about 15, 16, and they had exercises there and guided visualizations and stuff. And I thought, how are you supposed to do it and read it at the same time? And back then there wasn't, you know, I had a really bad dictaphone, so I would record these things and do bad voices of the murder saying, right, boy, let's do and do this before, um, you know, Sir Ian McCallan did a much better version of of, of that with Gandalf. And um, so I would try and take myself off in these guided meditations. It wouldn't work very well. So, I'm hoping to have like a, um, a a bank of recordings of those exercises to do because I think it's important that people just plug in and and not have to worry about the logistics of doing those things. Mm. Also, you have a really lovely voice as well, so you know, Thank you. <laughs> be great to listen to it. Um, yeah, the, done... the Dragon Rune cards—they sound really interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting world. Uh, a guy called American guy called Isn't on Goldwing brought forward this uh, different names and how the dragon world works. And it really made sense to me when uh, Ed Courtney sort of pointed me in that direction many, many moons ago. And um, so it was his original 
sort of how the world of dragons works and it really resonated with me so I've used them for a long time and got his permission to work with them and to produce the cards and everything so um, I'm really looking forward I love sharing that world this swirling misty background behind me is actually in the world of dragons is a place called Ratanan, which is a swirling place of infinite potential where everything can be and everything can be manifest from and go to which is why in my guided meditations most of the time when we dissolve this world away we go up into the clouds because this is then the world of infinite potential where anything is possible mm-hmm. wow sounds absolutely fascinating well i wish you every luck with that and um you know i think your work is wonderful so the more it can reach other people the better for everybody really so well, that's very kind thank you and, and hopefully with the energy of, of wood dragon behind us in 2024 then yeah. it'll get out into the world and for lots of us on our path and we can actually yeah. be heard and people will take solace and comfort in the in the uh, information and uh, hopes and dreams that we have to offer everybody yeah is there any last thing you want to mention or say or any last thoughts before we finish um if people want to get in touch about working with me because I do readings and healing for people and, and, and that type of thing, then have a look at brotherofdragons.co.uk, which is on the screen behind me. Um, soul fragment retrieval is something that people are really into at the moment and, and dragon fire cleansing and clearing as well. Um, so yeah, so that's the shameless plug for me and, and, and my work out of the way. But I think my overall action is for, to be kind to yourself in this year and to keep plodding on, keep moving forward because it's been a long and difficult road for many of us and lots of us are struggling. The world is a very difficult place to be and for those of us that are trying to change that and help other people through it, take time for yourself, go outside into the forest, remember the beauty of birdsong and of the snowdrops and daffodils and when the warmth of the sun starts to come back take some time to sit down and just remember what it was like to be warm and peaceful because there's so much chaos in the world and we can be drawn into the world of the Donalds and the Borises and the, and the Vlads and we separate ourselves just through sunlight and breathing and the big message from Wood Dragon over this whole year is go back to the heart, compassion and understanding with Kuan Yin as well. Compassion for yourself, for situations, for um, and be kind and gentle to yourself. And it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to have a Jaffa cake every now and again to make yourself feel better. Thank you very much. It's been really wonderful talking to you. And um, I know we'll be doing it again in the future at some point. Look maybe when you that. when you maybe when your 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 ring things are out with dragon well, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. And yeah. hopefully we can we can catch up when you're over and um in Glastonbury in April. That'd yeah. be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the opportunity and time. It's always lovely to, to spend some time. Yeah, it is. Thanks everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you next time. Bye. Oh,